Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Fem Nation. Guys, I have an amazing guest on today, Meredith Viggers, who is the owner of Let Us Do the Cooking, a Central Texas premier catering company and Empowered You Consulting Business. Empowered is M-powered, the letter M-U, uh, Y-O-U. But thank you for coming on today, Meredith. Let's start with the question of the hour. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin and how did you fall in love with it? I started my first business when I was 18 and I've been on the entrepreneurial journey ever since. So it's kind of just part of who I am. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about what you do now and what you love to do now, and then kind of transition a little bit into how that has morphed over the entrepreneurial journey itself. Yeah. So today, what business looks like is I own uh, Let Us Do the Cooking, as you mentioned, which we've had in business now for 14 years. Uh, I recently acquired a local honey company that uh, I'm working in, and then I get to work with other small business owners in my consulting work, which is it's my passion project. It's what I uh, love, love, love doing more than anything else at the moment. And quite honestly, where all of that began is in a ton of mistakes. So I started my first business in the network marketing industry. My husband and I have been full-time traders in the stock market. We've been in real estate. We've run other businesses and unfortunately had a lot of very expensive learning lessons along the way. 14 years ago, when I started the catering company, it was an attempt to get back to our entrepreneurial roots after a rebuilding time from a very expensive (laughs) lesson. (laughs) And and so uh, I started that company, you know, as most people would right when you're ready. I was six months pregnant with our third son. My husband was deployed to Iraq. I had zero experience in that industry whatsoever. And we were in the process of filing bankruptcy. So, you know, it's the perfect time to start a new business. Of course. <laughs> and that's, that's what I did. So uh, where we are today, though, is that obviously that has been a ton of hard work and a lot of hours and building from knocking bricks out of our garage wall to build a commercial kitchen to the largest catering company in Central Texas today. And what we get to do now is take all of those lessons that we've learned over the years and build out different aspects of what we get to do in business. So today, we have the catering company, we've invested in the honey company, we're back in the market, uh, we do some real estate. So we're, we're getting to take all of those experiences today and really diversify what we do. But then I get to use all of that to help other business owners uh, along their journey in the process. So tell me about the the kind of the ups and downs in Rocky Starts, because I know that a lot of women in entrepreneurship, we go through, we're going to go through the ebb and flow. We're going to go through the up and down, and we're not always going to start a business at the prime time. Obviously, you know, we, we poke fun at that your prime time was that, but we don't always 
we don't always start it then. And a lot of businesses do come through from hard times, you know? So what was the hardest struggle that you were able to continue through creating your business? Cause you're obviously successful having gone through the learning process and then evolving it to what you want it to be. But what was it that you were able to overcome to really dig in and make it be where it is today? So I think one thing that's really important for women, especially is that you have got to get past the mindset of being concerned about what other people view your reality as. And there are so many stipulations that society puts on women in a family role with children, with business, you know, with income and all of those things. And I think for me, the biggest thing was not attaching myself to anyone else's opinion. And that really came from sharing my ideas for my company with some people very close to me who did not have amazing things to say about the ideas that I had in front of Mm me. And, you know, your husband's deployed to a foreign country and you've got two kids at home and you're pregnant and this is the time you should be spending raising your children and and all of these kind of things. And, And really it was their idea about what my life should look like. And my reality was, I'm in charge of creating my own life and the way that I want it to be. And so that, and I am just stubborn enough that the surefire way to get me to do anything is to tell me that it's not a good idea or I can't, <laughs> right? We can and I, think, I, I think a lot of women fall into that category though. And really allowing ourselves to release that liability of, no, that's your thought process. I'm going to craft my life the way that I want it. Um, you know, my my youngest son, who's 13 now, his playpen was in my commercial kitchen. He's never known like daycare or what normal, you know, quote unquote, normal kids go through because I needed to push through that and say, you know what? No, this is the time that I feel like it's important to do these things and we will work it the way that we need to. So I think pushing through what other people's perceptions are is a, it's a challenge for women, a huge challenge. But if you can get yourself to really really take that head on, it it lets you move massive boundaries. Mm-hmm. What strength did you dig into in order to go through that particular part of the journey? So I'm a person of faith and faith is um well, it's, it's the biggest core value for me. And what I needed to know was that at the time I was going through that journey, that there was a divine appointment in my life for what was happening. So as a person of faith, one of the things that I do very frequently is when I'm sitting in church, uh, unfortunately, we're not doing that right now yeah, <laughs> right? But right. when I used to do that. Uh, so I have a page, I have a notebook that I take notes. I still am very much a pen and paper note taker. And I'll be taking notes about what is happening, you know, or what they're teaching on, on one page. And on the other page is my idea page, because Generally, when I'm in that like spiritually connected place, that's when ideas flow to me. Right. So the strength that I drew into is I know where the inspiration and the idea for the business came from. And so because of that faith journey, I understand that if I'm willing to tap into where that strength lies in me, I really, it doesn't mean it's going to be super easy, right? Right. But I can't go wrong at the same time because it's appointed for me. And so that's, that's where that 
strength comes from that and a super supportive husband who is, um, he thinks I'm crazy, but he's super supportive, <laughs> whatever I do. So those things are, are, are key for me. And, and that is a, a very notable uh, comment that your faith is a big part of your journey, as well as most of the listeners and even listeners that maybe aren't, uh, are spiritual, but not necessarily deep diving into their Christianity or deep diving into what that spirituality looks like for them. But knowing that, that there is a connected and internal connectedness that we need to be a part of in order to continue to move that forward. And it just so happens that, that that's the same for me as well. My faith is very much a part of what I do and how I've driven forward. However, we can get in our own way with that too. You know, and there have been times where I've been known to forge ahead thinking I knew what I was doing and then had to sit back and say, hold on a second, let me not step in front of everything that is meant to happen and let, let me embrace it a little bit more. So how has something like that kind of come about in your business where you pushed really hard to materialize an outcome, but maybe it wasn't necessarily the one you should have been doing or proper at the time? I think somebody told you ahead of time to ask me this question. No, honestly, no. <laughs> okay, so, and this, but this is an important part of our self-understanding journey. It is. Is I tend, and I am a very, um, I'm a very quick start personality. So when I decide I'm going to do something, I'm a chaos creator, come hell or high water, we're making this happen, get out of my way. Like that's the way that I operate, Yeah, which is great for a lot of things. However, <laughs> it, can, it can pose some challenges. And so what I have noticed about myself over the years, because I've done this, unfortunately, I didn't learn le the lesson the first go round, <laughs> um, is that I tend to have a pattern of, uh, of business expansion and trying to push that too fast for what it should be. So that pattern has gone on three-year rotations for me, really, probably ever since I was in my early 20s. And there's a pattern where I will do something, have very quick success with it and go, okay, if this is good, then let's just blow it up times 10. And that's going to be great. Right? Right. But we do that a little too fast. And I am just strong willed and, and strong headed enough that I will drive those things through even if they shouldn't go through. Uh. And Probably the the easiest example of that that was unfortunately the most expensive example of that is with um, in our catering company, there was about a five year stretch where we also had a restaurant open. And all in all, it was a great experience simply because it gave us a different commercial exposure than a catering company would get because more people obviously go to a restaurant. So the restaurant had been open for about two and a half years and we were busting at the seams. I had to go grocery shopping four times a day because we physically didn't have enough storage in the kitchen for the amount of food we were going through. We were, when I say busting at the seams, it was insanity. Uh, I slept three hours a night. I was oh, at the grocery man. store at 4.30 in the morning every day. Like we were, it was crazy. And so I thought, all right, it is, it's time. We have got to expand. Well, in true Meredith fashion, we didn't just expand. We more than quadrupled our space because, hey, we're already a catering company. We should also have banquet room facilities in our restaurant and we should have you know, all, we needed the storage space and let's just put this out and let's put it right on the main highway. So we'll have great exposure. It was the single worst business decision I have ever made in my life. 
still paying for that actually today, multiple six-figure loss. And the reality was, is that not only, and this is where we have to recognize our own patterns, not only was it a bad decision on my part, there were some warning signs that should have told me to slow down and let things happen more organically than they did. Some construction issues, permit issues, just stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when we got into that facility, it was great at first. So it followed the pattern that I was used to in that that initial spike of revenue and everyone was excited about it and was great. And there were some things that happened in the second year. Most notably for us, we're in a military town right outside of Fort Hood. So over 90% of our population here is some way, shape or form affiliated with the army. Uh, So very heavy government, whether it's contractors, army, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, in the spring of 2014, Uh, the government cut all the government contracts because they were downsizing a lot of things in the military. And they said, well, soldiers can do those jobs. We don't need to pay contractors to do them. Well, most of those contractors were our four-day-a-week customers. Mm. And I was like livid. How in the world could... And it happened overnight. So in less than a month, we lost 70% of our walk-in revenue. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And at the same time, TxDOT, which is the, the transport, Department of Transportation that does all the highway construction, our back entrance was on the highway and that's where most people came in. Well, they started a construction project. So we pulled up one morning to find our driveway just blocked off. Like nobody could come into the restaurant from the highway. They had to take this snaky kind of entrance around. And so in my mind, everybody like... The state of Texas was at fault. The United States government was at fault. All these contractors' offices were at fault. The army was at fault. Everyone was out to get me, (laughs) you know? And the reality was, is that, and this has been part of my journey over the last five years since this happened, is understanding that I actually created those circumstances because I pushed that project through faster than it should have gone. And we were not in a cash position that was ready for that type of decline. So it wasn't until I really kind of took a step back and started shifting my mind in the way that I looked at it to say, yes, it's horrible that all these things happened at one time. But at the same time, I'm the one that put myself in that situation. And now I can see this pattern that has occurred with me over you know the years where we always have quick business success in whatever we do. That has never changed. And it's the way that I respond to that that determines whether the business grows as it should or whether I'm pushing things too quickly. And I've had to really take a step back and analyze my decisions now to say, okay, this is a great opportunity. Am I forcing it or is the door just open? And that is, um, to be honest, it's something I, I still, I have to evaluate it with every large decision today. Because I've made just enough of those forcing it decisions in my lifetime to know that that's my default. And it's really easy for me to do that. Uh, So taking a little bit more time and really evaluating that and saying, okay, the door is actually open. We shouldn't have to push through. We can just step through and then going forward from there. Mm -hmm. So did you determine what stepping through versus pushing through looks like for yourself so you can identify that? Yeah, I think... The biggest thing is understanding that there's always a certain amount of resistance. So it, it would be really easy if pushing through meant everything was hard and stepping through meant everything was easy, but this is business. And so it doesn't really work that way. 
What I have found is in stepping through, I tend to have the people alongside me that will say, hey, I know we just hit this challenge, but you know what? It's okay. I'm going to help you with this. Whereas when I'm pushing through, it's everyone around me saying, hey, we've got this challenge right now. Hang on. And me going, no, we're moving forward, <laughs> you know? Um, so usually it's about the people that are around me and or the partnerships that I'm working with in that process. You know, we go, we still go through those doors and in the process of the door, there can sometimes just be something that maybe somebody, you know, dropped on the floor and you just kind of kind of kick it out of the way to keep moving. But what I found is, those don't become obstacles. They just become maybe minor frustrations would be the better way to put it. So if something is becoming a by God obstacle and it's recurring, then I do have to step back and say, okay, maybe this is me. But if it's just minor frustrations, a permit, you know, comes back and they go, oh, well, this is just going to be delayed a few days or a week or whatever. And I've got people who say, yes, when they tell you it's only going to be a week, it's only going to be a week then I feel more comfortable saying, okay, the door's open and I can walk through it. I'm just having to kick some stuff out of the way as I go through. Mm -hmm. And that's become, the longer I'm in that process, the easier it is to discern between the two. Uh, it definitely was not simple at first, but I, I'm getting better at it as I go. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you help other businesses with when you consult them is understanding kind of the complexity of being in your own way versus um, not being in your own way? Yeah, for sure. And this is what where the power of consulting work comes into play is because with the clients that I've had the opportunity to work with over the last few years, and they're all over the world. So this doesn't apply to one specific, you know, group or demographic or type of business. It, it applies to anybody in this industry uh, is that it's always easier for someone else to recognize those behaviors and those patterns in you than it is for yourself. That's right. You know, so one of the most powerful things about having a coach or a consultant is they're not in the frame with you. And when you're in the frame, it's hard to see the picture. So being able to take a step outside and really look at someone else's picture and say, okay, you know what? I can kind of see this ahead and I can ask them a series of questions that they don't know to ask themselves that prompt certain things in them that will go, oh, wait, no, I have done this before. Or this pattern does exist and maybe I didn't realize it. Uh, and it's so much easier. It's funny because, like I said, I've worked with business owners all over the world. I do this all the time. And I can see it in them in a heartbeat. It is so much harder to see it in me. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm a very self-aware person. But it still is really tricky, uh, and which is why I, even though I'm a consultant and I do this work for other companies, I still have one that works with me and my team because it takes them kind of coming at me and saying, okay, I realize that you may not have looked at it this way, but here's what I'm seeing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was about to take that step. And it, it saves me a lot of heartache. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. 
Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. I think you and I are very similar in that regard that uh, because we can, we, you know, we were resourceful as women, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, having done this many times. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of women, if they haven't realized about themselves, that they will realize about themselves, that we are very capable of going after a goal and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this. I see the good that can come from it. I can see what, what we can do with this. I want to contribute. I want to be a part of the conversation. I want to be a part of the change. And we can go out there and get that done. But making sure that we have the teams in place, the consultants in place, the people that have our best interest in mind saying, hey, did you consider it this way? Did you consider it that way? You know, making sure that those aren't holding us up because they are very real possibilities. But just because we can doesn't always mean we should yet. Doesn't mean we shouldn't. It just says, you know, what does that timing look like? So other businesses out there knowing, and I think we live in a world now that understanding the benefit of having consulting, having someone in your corner, having someone being able to guide you and see from the outside looking in is very important for all businesses, especially in today's day and age. It is. And it's what I love about the fact that people are waking up to that is it really lets us um, develop our teams in a different way. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things that I spend a lot of time working with people on is this process um, with with being an entrepreneur. um, As I mentioned before, you know, the first thing you have to do is work on your own thought process, your own mind, your own way of of doing things. But in this process of bringing in a a coach or a consultant, one of the things that I take people through is is a process of changing their mind and then really developing their people so that they can get out of the way and let the business grow. Well, one one of the things that becomes really empowering there is that you can use someone else in that developing your people process. And It used to be, I think, that a lot of entrepreneurs felt like if they were ever going to develop their team and do all of that, that they were responsible for those things. And kind of the direction that the world is going in now says, you know what, it's important that you do it, but you're not necessarily going to have to be the one responsible for it. And so uh, what's great about that is I've I've got an amazing team that really runs my businesses for me. So I don't, I work on the business, but I don't work in the business. And uh, they're getting to work with someone who helps them become the best versions of themselves they can be even better than I could because I'm so close to them. I mean, some of them have been with me for more than 10 years now. And so because I know them so well, and I know the way that they would typically respond to things, I tend to gear the way I work towards what they respond to. whereas 
a consultant comes in from outside and says, well, we need to see this type of growth and the way that they would normally respond isn't going to yield it. So let's work on the response. And it really takes that off of my shoulders because all I have to do is make sure that they have a good working relationship together. They understand what the end dynamic of the interaction needs to be. And then I am just attached to the outcome. I don't have to be attached to the way that we get there. And that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it truly moves into you as the visionary role, you know, because that and being in that visionary role today is different than being in that visionary role 20 years ago. It's different. There's so much more complexity now with all the layers and all of the extra components to being in business. And I haven't actually talked about this on an episode, but now that we're jamming on this a little bit here, it is that's, I think that's a piece of why consulting is necessary. Coaching is necessary to have for the perspective, because we have more layers now in the entrepreneurial space than we did previously. And so we can't do it all. That's what it boils down to. We just can't do it all. So getting that help, understanding where it's at so they can see the vision, help us implement that and help everybody work cohesively together for the outcome, the goal of a good life. Yeah, it makes total sense. and. The interesting piece of it there, and I'm sure anybody who's been in business for any period of time, unless they just happen to get it all right the first go round, has tried to do it all. They've tried to be everything to everyone. And you end up, um, you know, as (laughs) I've been told several times, like, you normalized a level of stress that would kill most people. You know, (laughs) Uh, we just, (laughs) my doctor actually said that to me. I'm going, hmm, that's probably not a good thing. Um, You know, (laughs) and so, but the the thing is, is what, what that piece of it frees me up to do now is the part that I really love and that actually is energetic to me and it, it inspires me, which is to just love on people. Right. Like I just get to make sure that we've got the right people in our organization, that they share our vision, that that we hit on those core value points, and then we can teach the other stuff. They can work with someone on the other stuff. But the most important thing to me has always been making sure that the people who are with us and are part of our team feel like it's a team and they feel like they belong there and they feel like I care about them that I know their families and that I care about their kids' education and I care about what they're saving for and what their goals are. And, and when I get freed up to be able to be that for them mm-hmm. and set the vision for the company, then I'm doing things that I actually enjoy. So I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be in that business and I'll partner with them until the day I die. Like we can, we can do this forever. You know, it just makes it so much better along the way. What is your definition of success? Oh, that's a tricky one. Okay. So I'm going to give you the definition from the standpoint of the feeling of it, which is to me, success is being able to work when I want, where I want, with who I want, if I want. So it's that feeling of just being able to sit back. right? You take that deep breath and it's like, if I don't want to do anything else, but sit there and take that deep breath today, I get the option to do that. But if I want to go, you know, jump on a plane and travel around the world and go work with someone in Romania this week, then I get to do that. You know, for me, the entrepreneurial journey is all about freedom. 
So I'm going to tell you that the practical of that for me personally uh, is I'm in the process of um, working with businesses that I actually am not only helping them grow, but I'm working with different companies with the prospect of becoming an investor in those companies. Mm -hmm. So I am looking at building my portfolio uh, of companies that I work with. I'd like to have right now, there's four altogether. And I'd like for there to be a dozen of those with somebody who operates the umbrella that oversees all of them. Mm -hmm. And I would like a total of 10 passive streams of income that come in month in, month out, whether I work or not. Uh, we're just about halfway there. And then I would like for, should they choose to, for those to become legacy projects that my kids could go on to run uh, if they would like to. Today, none of them are interested. <laughs> but, could but, change, uh, could change. That could change. The 13-year-old is promising. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, you know, with the other one, my oldest is in the army and my middle one is actually, uh, he's a firefighter and paramedic, but he's studying to become a doctor. So, um, you know, I, but that's what the practicality of those issues right. uh, are. And so uh, I'd like to have all of that done by the time I'm 50. So that's, that's the practicality of it, which gives me nine years. <laughs> I wasn't going to out you. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I knew, I knew that the question was there. So I figured I'd just well, share How it. long is that going to be? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are great goals though. And they're strategically sound, you know, from both sides of it, from the feeling side of it and from, you know, the practical side of it. It makes sense because you want to continue to deepen your entrepreneurial journey and not just live at the surface. And that's also a struggle for some people that they think that they get to one point and then they have to ride off into the sunset there, which is not true. There are more layers that you can go to if you choose to do that. Well, and I think it's important too, and this is why I said it the way that I did. Um, for women especially, it is sometimes very difficult for us to clarify what, it, what the meaning behind a goal is. So I work with entrepreneurs all the time. And when I say, hey, what's important to you? What are we trying to what are we trying to do here, right? It's just, oh, I want a million dollars a year in revenue. Okay, what does that mean? What, what does, number one, what does a million dollars a year in revenue look like in profit? And right. a lot of people can't answer that question. So we, that's the first thing, hey, like we need to understand what this, what this process is first. But then secondly, like what does that do for you? Is it vacations that you can't take right now? Is it moving to a different zip code? Does that get your kids into a better school? Does it upgrade your car? Does it like, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. And so many people have put arbitrary number goals on their goals. And if they're not attached to something, you won't work hard enough to achieve them. Mm -hmm. So there has to be something behind them that really has the feeling of, huh, I'm there, mm -hmm. you know, but that, that, that is just as quantifiable to me. Like the feeling side of it is just as quantifiable to me as the, I want 12 businesses. I want them run by someone who oversees the whole umbrella. You know, I want them to be at this profit margin. And I, I have it much more detailed than what you and I just discussed. But the thing is, is that if I don't understand the feeling behind accomplishing all of those things, I won't work hard enough to get that done, but I do. And so I am willing to, now that being said, 
I don't work as hard today as I used to. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but you put the time in. You put the time in. I did. I did. And so today, that hard work is really more about constantly being willing to change my thoughts so that the vision changes, so that our product suite can expand, so that we can pivot our business in a global pandemic when nobody's gathering groups of 500 plus people to eat, right? Right. You know, and so there's a there's an element of that that says, and I've heard this from so many small business owners, so this could just be a quick word of encouragement to anyone who has felt this, especially with potential second waves of the virus coming around. There are a lot of small business owners that are like, you know what? It's just not worth it. Forget it. I'm done. And I, number one, I can totally resonate with that thought process uh, because it wasn't but a few years ago that I remember walking into my office and just being like, I'm done. Can't do 80 hours a week anymore, you know? And I'm so sick of doing payroll and praying that not everyone runs to the bank to cash a check because the money's not there, you know? Those thought processes were there several years ago and they crept up again a few months ago of, you know, can, can we really do this? Do I want to do this? <laughs> but if, if you're not super attached to not only the number goal, but what that does for you, when things like this happen, it's really easy to throw in the towel and walk away and say, all right, well, you know, I'll go back to being a W-2 employee mm-hmm. for a little while. I'll take a guaranteed paycheck from someone else. Um, and right now, is anything guaranteed? I was going to say, what is guaranteed today? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I, I think there's just, there's a lot of, of business owners that are feeling that overwhelming feeling a little bit defeated right now. That if that, if that goal is not just clear, but the emotion behind it is so palpable, like you've got to be able to feel that, then you make it through this time. Mm-hmm. You do. It doesn't mean that every minute of every day is easy, but you make it through this time and, and you work to, to come out on the other side stronger than you were going into it. Well, and it can evolve through this time too. I mean, it doesn't mean that what comes out on the other end of this is exactly what it looks like when, when you go into it. You know, I mean, that's business though. And, and that is true creativity and visionary. And it's able to say, okay, yes, I can throw in the towel. I can say I've had enough. And sometimes, frankly, that's just all we have. Maybe we've been, you know, battering against the storm for months prior to something out of our control, you know, kind of kicking up the water for us a little bit and making a little bit more of a struggle. And we just don't have any more left, you know? So if that's the case, that is legitimately, you know, something that does exist. And I've been there. I've been there to where it's just like, I can't do this anymore. I don't even know. I can't even think creatively anymore. I'm just in go mode and I just, I cannot continue in this way and just shut it down, completely shut it down because of that, you know, and I've been to where we've had multiple seven figures, multiple six figures and the money again, it doesn't make a difference if you don't know the underlying criteria of what it is you're trying to achieve. You know, so if you can say, yes, with that million dollars, like you were mentioning, I want to make a million dollars, one obviously my KPIs and accounting brain has to say, and the net, you know, what does that mean? Because you can make a million dollars working 150 hours a week, or you can make a million dollars working 20. You know, I mean, both are options. It just depends on how you want to get to it. But at the same time, in a time such as this, that understanding where your faith, your strength, and your vision come from is really what's going to help you get through it. 
Sometimes that means you go to a WTO. Sometimes that means you, you, you fight and stay strong. Sometimes that means you evolve. All of those are viable options, but understanding who you are and where you're coming from with that and having the assistance from the outside to say, Hey, this is about you and what you're able to do, what you're capable of doing, what you want to take on right now. This is what it looks like. And then if you have a team versus not a team, you know, I mean, so many right. different factors inside of that, that it's not a one size fits all. It's really where you are, but it is, it is a struggle. Entrepreneurship said this a million times is the greatest form of personal development. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For but sure. It is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. If you step back and look at it, you can say, wow, you feel a sense of, of, uh, almost being able to accomplish just about anything because you see what you have come through. And especially when people remind you of that, I mean, you know, like your doctor saying your, your level, you normalize the level of stress. You're just like, whoa, dang, right. I can handle a lot. Maybe that's not always great, but you know, I mean, can really take on so much. So the encouragement, I want the listeners to be encouraged. Because no matter what their entrepreneurial journey looks like, and no matter how they come across and what decisions they have to make, they will have to make them. But knowing who they are is going to be a piece that helps them move it forward in the proper direction and not make them feel a sense of loss. Well, and I think it's also really important to understand that it's it's not a sense of loss. It's not a failure. It's not... Um, it's not a regretful situation as long as you learn from it and you come out on the other side with knowing yourself better, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing what you can and can't handle, knowing what you do and don't want. And that's another big key for, for women specifically in the entrepreneurial world. One thing I learned about that whole restaurant debacle was that number one, I didn't want to be a restaurant owner. Mm-hmm. Like, and people ask me all the time today, like, when are you reopening the restaurant? We're not, we're not, no more restaurant. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, and the the thing was, is that we were doing, so this is why it's important to, to know why you're doing what you're doing. So we were doing at that point, I don't know, $1.2, $1.3 million a year or something like that. And life was comfortable for my family. You know, we could travel and we had, you know, we live in a decent neighborhood and, you know, all those things were good and it didn't matter. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. And, and it wasn't because, and, and don't get me wrong. I had exactly what I said I wanted. Mm-hmm. And when I got everything I said I wanted, I didn't like it. <laughs> so, right. you know, but that's okay too, because I didn't know that that's not what I wanted until I got there and went, ah, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And then you can take that step back and say, okay, I never want to, I don't care if the catering business only does half the revenue without the restaurant, which it didn't. It ended up doing almost the same once we really focused our efforts. Uh, that's a whole... Splitting hairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it didn't matter to me at that point if our revenue dropped in half it was more important to me to have the margins be a certain way, to have the team around me I wanted, to be able to sleep more than three hours at night, to have, you know, a decent amount of health, to, you know, all of these things that I had had to compromise to get the other. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I was going to have to do that, but it wasn't until I got there that I realized in that situation, 
Now, if I were to do it all over again today, I would know how to do it very differently. But in that situation at that time, the way I knew how to build it, it was absolutely not what I wanted for my life. And I would have never known that had I not gotten it. So it's okay. And definitely in, you know, from a business perspective, and I think you can relate to this with your accounting practice, you know, you get this and you go, okay, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. And then all of a sudden you're at the top of that mountain going, the view isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. And we learned so many lessons from that experience. And so the fact that we've been able to take those lessons and anybody who's ever listened to me teach in my two-day workshops and things, you hear all about those lessons uh, because they're so relatable to so many people. But, you know, we take those and we have learned so much from them that we have completely recreated our business. It operates in a totally different way today than it did four years ago. Uh, And it's a business that whether it's doing half a million dollars a year, a million dollars a year, a million and five, and we've done all of those numbers, I'm happy with it in any scenario. And that has become a more important piece to me. Not only do I have a sense of peace in myself about Mm -hmm. where it is, but I'm happy with what we're doing. And that is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one more question. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? So this is a little bit challenging because I've been an entrepreneur for so long. Uh, I say often I'm certifiably unemployable. Like I, <laughs> I haven't had a boss since I was 23. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think the entrepreneurial journey, it's changed me in a few ways. Number one, I see the opportunity in everything. I couldn't turn that off if I tried. I see the opportunity in everything. And included in that everything is I see the opportunity in everyone. Mm. And that is, it's got both its pros and its cons because I get very, I get very personally involved in other people's success. And oftentimes that means I want it more for them than they want it for (laughs) themselves. Uh, But, you know, that, that optimism, um, my husband and I joke, he's like, oh, you're just, you're forever the optimist. And he'll say that he's the realist. And I say, no, 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 you're the pessimist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, um, but that sense of optimism, I think t- true entrepreneurs, if we're constantly looking at creating, right, we see the opportunity in everything and everyone. And then because of that, you have to forever look at the world in a positive light. Because if you're not looking at a positive light, there is no opportunity, right? So it creates this dynamic of allowing you, whether you want to call it your, you know, your rose colored glasses or whatever else, but it allows you to look at the world in a state that doesn't not see it for what it is. I see it for what it is, but I always see it for what it can be. And I think that is part of that innate entrepreneur in me is because since I'm always looking for opportunity, that means that there's opportunity for every person in every situation to grow and be better. And that means our world is constantly in a place of being able to grow and be better. And if it's able, if it's possible, then I know that I'll be one of the people that helps figure that out. So I think that's just part of, I would say... I don't think it's changed me. I think I've had that innately, but it's really developed it 
over the years. And the more that you see things that way, the more obvious those things become. Mm -hmm. That's really perspective too. Uh, I like that. And I ask that question uh, every now and then because I want to know what that looks like. And, and I love that. I love that takeaway from, from you. Uh, tell the listeners where they can connect with you. And I know you have a free gift for them. So tell us a little bit about that. I do. So um, you can connect with me, social media, it's Empowered You. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, and my website is empoweredyou.com. Um, but we do, we have a, a free gift. It's the five mind-blowing mistakes that small business owners make in hiring. <laughs> so a lot of what I talk about is, is team-related aspects uh, because that's scary for small businesses. So uh, we have that, that free uh, downloadable PDF. And don't worry, it's, it's some simple statements, but it does come with a little bit more expansion on it. So you get that information uh, that goes behind it. And that's where my heart lies is just helping small businesses kind of get past that first hurdle of, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, find a team and, and really helping them make those decisions the right way. Oh, and you've clearly walked the road. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, it's been so nice having you on today, Meredith. And it's been really neat to get to know a little bit more about your story because we've crossed paths several times, you know, but this is an opportunity to just kind of have our own conversation and share that with the world and with the listeners. So thank you for coming on today. Uh, it's been a privilege. I'm, I'm so happy that you had me here. I've, I've loved getting to talk to you as well. All right, guys, make sure you download the free gift and reach out and connect with Meredith and all her amazing wisdom. As always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.